today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Federal politics obviously is grabbing the headlines uh, since yesterday when the report was finally released from Ethics Commissioner Mario Dion that uh, confirmed what many people had already assumed to be the case is that uh, the Prime Minister did breach the ethics law and the conflict of interest laws in his dealing with SNC-Lavalin earlier this year, of course. Uh, And the reaction to this has been swift, as you might have expected. Uh, The long-term impacts, well, we're not sure yet. Obviously, there is an election coming up in the third week of October. And, uh, well, the the speculation now is exactly what kind of an impact is this going to have. How will the opposition parties deal with this in the days and weeks ahead? Joining us to talk about this is Jagmeet Singh, who is the leader of the uh, uh, federal NDP party. Joining us uh, on the Bill Kelly Show on CHML. Mr. Singh, thank you for the time. It's good to have you with us today. Thank you. It's a pleasure. I mean, I, I guess the obvious question here, given what we knew about uh, the, the the affair, given what we knew from the, the parliamentary committees uh, that had done some investigation in this, were you surprised by Mr. Dion's results? Well, I was surprised by how scathing it was. This is an unequivocal report that says that the prime minister broke the law. He broke the conflict of interest law, and he broke it in a really serious way. It's clear from the findings that he tried everything possible to bend the will of the Attorney General to benefit a multi-million, a multi-billion-dollar corporation, and also to benefit himself in what Mr. Trudeau believed would help him get reelected. All of this should not have happened. When it comes to the prosecution of a corporation charged with serious allegations of corruption, there should be no interference from the Prime Minister trying to get a lenient sentence for a corporation like that. This is really troubling, and really. The bigger question is, it calls into question, is this prime minister working for people or is he working to make life easier for multimillionaires while everyone else has a harder and harder time making ends meet? And that's really what we're seeing as a trend in Ottawa, whether it's liberals or conservatives, they seem to be helping those at the very top make their lives easier while everyone else is having it harder and harder. I guess that, that, that's a perception in the eyes of the beholder and sometimes, though, isn't it? I mean, if, if you look at the reaction that the public had, and I'll go back a few months now uh, to when the parliamentary hearings were going on, uh, in, in the province of Quebec, where SNC-Lavalin, of course, is, is, is focused and centered for the most part, uh, the overwhelming majority of the people supported what the government was doing at that time because they saw a net economic benefit to their community and to their province. Well, on the job front, I think we should be really clear there was never any threat to jobs in Canada. If we're talking about infrastructure builds, so we're talking about bri- building bridges or roads, uh, things that SNC, Lavalin, that construction companies are responsible for, whether or not these allegations were found to be true in the court of law would not change the fact that Canadians would be doing those jobs. It might not be SNC, Lavalin, but it would still be Canadians. So, so those job losses, it's not a true uh, figure. In fact, SNC Lavalin itself said there was no threat of us moving our headquarters. There's no threat of us leaving Canada. So again, those those that specter of job loss is really not made out in any of the evidence that we saw. So it's kind of a, a red herring. The reality is, the laws that involve uh, this kind of situation where um, a corporation is given the chance to have this deferred prosecution agreement says very clearly economic figures should not play a role because we don't want to encourage corruption. If there's a charge of corruption in a corporation, then it should be heard in court. It's a pretty basic thing. And more so, the prime minister shouldn't be working for powerful corporations. He should be working for the benefit of Canadians. 
And that's really what's been called into question. Where did we go from here? And and uh, both you and Mr. Shear have uh, have libel accusations about breaking the law and criminal activity. Uh, yet I'm I'm looking at some of the comments from Mr. Dion yesterday that he said in his report that he didn't think any laws had been broken. Uh, even in her testimony at the parliamentary committee, uh, Ms. Wilson-Raybolt uh, a couple of months ago suggested that she, as the uh, former attorney general at that point, didn't think any laws were broken. So, so where are we going here? Where where is that line? Let's be really clear. The law was broken. The conflict of interest law was broken. So that is certainly a law that was broken by the Prime Minister, uh, not once, but twice. I think what we need to do is make sure that the Canadians are informed when it comes to election time. Uh, really, what this is about is the influence of the powerful, the wealthy, the people at the very top on our on our government. And what's happening is that this isn't something limited to the Liberal Party. Mr. Shear's party, the Conservatives, are equally... Um, culpable in this in this idea of being influenced by powerful corporations. The Duffy scandal and numerous other scandals in the Conservative government show that they also work in the interest of the very powerful. And I'm asking Canadians to consider in the, 20, in the 2019 election in October, October 21st, you should elect a government that works for you. You should work to elect a government. You don't have to choose between going back to the Harper years, which people rejected and went to the Liberals, And now we're seeing that we're disappointed in the Liberals have to go back to the Conservatives. I reject that notion. I think that Canadians have a better option, a better choice. They can choose to elect new Democrats who will be on their side, not cave in when pharmaceutical companies come calling and saying, we can't have universal pharmacare for all. Not cave in to real estate developers who say, oh, we can't have affordable housing. We need someone who's willing to say no to corporations and say yes to people. But there's a cynical point of view that I'm sure you've heard, uh, and I certainly have in, in my job here as a, as a talk show host. People saying, "Look, you know, that's just it's the way politics run." Yeah, it, it, that's a little shady sometimes, but it doesn't matter who you elect; they've all got people that they're beholden to, and there's always going to be pressure to do that sort of stuff. Uh, no, not at all. We sh- and that that cynicism is real. You're right; it does exist, but. We- do not have to accept that. I mean, the status quo parties, the liberals and conservatives, are absolutely beholden to powerful interest groups. They are. It's the reality. Look at their fundraising. That's who they're beholden to. We are not. New Democrats are not beholden to anyone but the people. We are. We have less fundraising for a reason, because we're not beholden to those powerful folks. We're beholden to everyday families that I meet, the people that are working hard and not getting ahead, the people that don't see a bright future for themselves and their kids. I'm beholden to them. And that's who I represent, and that's who I want to represent. And I don't care if a corporation says, you know, if you do this, it's going to hurt our corporation. I'm going to say, will it benefit people? If it does, I will move ahead with that decision. And that's the main Canadians can be confident in. Do you, as uh, others have talked about over the last little while, uh, suggest and, and encourage the idea that, uh, that there be further investigation here? Well, I've long called for, uh, when this first began, a public inquiry. A uh, public inquiry would give a broad mandate would create some transparency, would allow a lot of unanswered questions uh, to be answered. And, and that's what I've called for, and I think that's the, the best way to move forward if, if Canadians want to get more answers to the questions they ask. How do you see that? How, how would you structure something like that? Well, there's, there's been many examples in Canadian history where we've had uh, an inquiry into something. The sponsorship scandal resulted in an inquiry. The public inquiry has a really broad mandate. Uh, broad powers of, of investigation that allows an independent judge to ask questions, to interview witnesses. And what it's different from uh, than a criminal investigation, for example, is criminal investigations are limited by proof beyond reasonable doubt. They're limited to criminal laws, where a public inquiry is just a fact-finding. So Canadians can really learn what happened, 
uh, all the details, all the evidence, all the facts so that we can make findings to prevent something like this in the future. So this is obviously this is uh, is going to be as you mentioned not political in any way shape or form because that's uh, one of the criticisms of course of the previous investigation the, the parliamentary investigations uh, that were going on earlier this year of course is is obviously it's elected people that are doing that and and they bring their biases certainly to to the table and we saw evidence of that for sure. Right. If if uh, we have uh, for example we tried to investigate this matter at the committee level and the problem with the committees is that they are dominated by the majority liberal government. So it's hard to get to the witness list and have the, the right people testify or invite them to testify because there's other members of the community that can vote against it. The public inquiry would be independent, would have a mandate to go out and investigate and to ask witnesses questions and to go get to the truth. Uh, and in the past, uh, public inquiries have been really powerful tools of fact-finding and been a, being able to get to the bottom. Really, uh, Canadians need to know that governments work for their interests, not for the corporate interests, not for the powerful and the wealthy and the rich. They work for Canadians. And, and that's really what this, this scandal's all been about. It's been about the fact that a billionaire corporation was facing charges, legitimate corruption charges, because of an RCMP investigation, called up the Prime Minister and said, we need to find a way out of this. And ever since, the Prime Minister's been trying to find a way to get them off the hook. And that's not the way governments should be run. That does not ring... Uh, in the sense of the democracy and the transparency and the judicial system that we believe in doesn't ring true to what Canadians want to see happen. Now, I, I think there's general consensus uh, that, that the, as you say, the Parliamentary Committee investigations uh, were less than thorough for a variety of reasons, and, and certainly there was a, a, a strong odor of partisanship uh, in that committee room. It's just about everybody was, was sitting at that table. Uh, had their own particular view on this. Now, along comes Mr. Dion as the ethics commissioner and issues this report. Are you comfortable that uh, that he's covered all the bases, uh, that, that this report is thorough and complete about uh, everything we needed to know, the people that had to be interviewed, etc.? Well, it's very thorough in the sense that Mr. Dion was very independent and did a great job, uh, but he remarked that the, the report is not thorough, not because of his lack of effort, but because the Prime Minister did not waive conf uh, cabinet confidentiality, he remarked that there were a number of witnesses that had evidence and mentioned that they had evidence that uh, could not testify because of that lack of uh, cabinet confidence being waived. So Mr. Trudeau purposely decided not to waive that confidence so that they could not testify. So he himself remarked that this is not a full, fulsome report because there was a number of witnesses that weren't able to give their evidence. But if there's an inquiry, as, as you've suggested, uh, as you say, independent inquiry, uh, does that, uh, that parliamentary uh, privilege still exist, though? I mean, does a commissioner or a retired judge or whomever's doing something like that have the authority to say, I don't care about that, you, you have to testify anyway? Well, normally what happens with public inquiries is that when they're struck, uh, it's struck by parliament, and the parliament gives them the broad authority to ask those questions. And they're given powers that go beyond what uh, normal investigations have. And those powers would allow for us to hear from these witnesses. And, and that's, I think, the reason why the public inquiry is such a powerful tool. It's, it's been used not uh, commonly, but enough times in the history of Canada where we've seen that it's actually given us really deep insights into what's going on. There's, a, there's a, a point of procedure here that I wanted to ask you about, because there, were, there was another report that came out. Uh, it kind of got buried, obviously, in the news because of, uh, of Mr. Dion's report, but it was a report that, that uh, the government had ordered and, and requested from uh, former uh, uh, Cabinet Minister Anne McClellan, 
uh, and it had to do with the separation of duties between the attorney general and justice minister. Uh, and and I guess the most simplistic way to put this is one, by definition, is a cabinet position. The other is is the top uh, law enforcement officer, of course, in the country. And uh, there was a lot of concern in the time when this investigation started that uh, that they were incongruous, as, uh, that one tended to overlap the other, that, that uh, you know, talking to a cabinet minister is, is fair game, talking to the attorney general is not, but if it's the same person. There seems to be some sort of a, a confluence there that seemed to muddy the waters. Now, she suggested that those don't have to be separated. Do you agree with that assessment? Well, I think the liberals would love us to debate whether or not that's the case or not, and I think that it's really irrelevant to what happened. Either way, what we have is a prime minister who broke the law, who applied pressure that was inappropriate. The attorney general herself herself said, what's happening is inappropriate. When I was first asked to review my decision, that was okay. But what happened afterwards, I said, no, my position is strong, that this is the right thing to do. The chief prosecutor of Canada essentially says that we should go ahead with this prosecution. I support her decision. At that point, the Prime Minister continued to apply relentless pressure to have her change her position, not for any sort of real reason to protect jobs, which is, which is a red herring, as I indicated earlier. He did it to protect his own job because he was worried about re-election. He did it to help out a powerful multi-billion dollar corporation that, mind you, donated illegally to the Liberal Party, which shows their deep connections. In fact, also has deep connections with the Conservative Party. That's what this is about, and the academic discussion about whether we separate those two positions or not doesn't really matter in the light in the face of the violation of the conflict of interest law that the prime minister has done, which is unprecedented, has not happened in the history of our country, and now this prime minister has done it twice. And if we want to change that, we've got to change the culture. That culture is the same culture between the conservatives and the liberals of working for the powerful and the rich. We need to actually have a government, a new democrat government, that's going to work for people. Uh, we'll have to leave it there. We're just about out of time. Thank you so much for the time, Jagmeet. Great talking with you again. Hey, thank you so much. It was a pleasure. That's, uh, of course, uh, federal NDP leader Jagmeet Singh. Uh, Andrew Scheer, of course, responded, uh, suggesting that, uh, that the, well, at one point he suggested that the prime minister should resign. Don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. Uh, there is talk about an investigation, ongoing investigation, as Mr. Singh talked about, as Mr. Scheer did. Uh, the prime minister himself responded yesterday. My job as a prime minister is to stand up for Canadians and defend their interests. And uh, yes, it is essential that we do that in a way that defends our institutions, that upholds prosecutorial independence. But we need to be able to talk about the impacts on Canadians right across the country of decisions being made. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau responding to uh, the report from uh, Ethics Commissioner Dion uh, yesterday. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.